Today I would like to speak on the topic of faith and unbelief. 믿음과 불신이라는 주제로 제가 오늘 말씀을 전하고자 합니다. Last time I spoke, I think I spoke all the way up to verse 18 uh, of chapter 3 of the Gospel of John. But I'm going to take some of those texts from last time I spoke and link it to the rest of the text. So the text that we'll be focusing upon will be verses 16 to 21. From chapter 3 of John. So let's turn to the text and let's read this out loud together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. 이제 한국어로 함께 읽겠습니다. 하나님이 이 세상을 이처럼 사랑하사 독생자를 주셨으니 이는 그를 믿는 자마다 멸망하지 않고 영생을 얻게 하려 하심이라. 하나님이 그 아들을 세상에 보내신 것은 세상을 심판하려 하심이 아니요 그로 말미암아 세상이 구원을 받게 하려 하심이라. 그를 믿는 자는 심판을 받지 아니하는 것이요 믿지 않는 자는 하나님의 독생자의 이름을 믿지 아니하므로 벌써 심판을 받은 것이니라. 그 정제는 이것이니 곧 빛이 세상에 왔으되 사람들이 자기 행위가 악함으로 빛보다 어둠을 더 사랑한 것이니라. 악을 행하는 자마다 빛을 미워하며 빛으로 오지 아니하나니 이는 그 행위가 드러날까 하며 진리를 따르는 자는 빛으로 오나니 이는 그 행위가 하나님 안에서 행한 것임을 나타내려 함이라 하시니라. 아멘. We begin with verse 16. The great gospel text. And we may condense the entire Bible into this one verse. And that is the famous John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here in this text we see that God has a certain intention and that is to save us and to provide a way of salvation for us. So we can say salvation or eternal life, we find the source for that only in God. 하나님만이 우리의 구원과 영생의 근원이십니다. 다른 근원이 없습니다. 어떤 사람도 아니요, 어떤 시스템도 아니요, 어떤 행운도 아니요, 하나님밖에 없습니다. There's only God whom we can consider as the source of our salvation and eternal life. And why does God want to save us? What motivates Him to save us? It's none other than love. For God so loved the world. 하나님 그의 사랑의 동기로 우리를 구원하시기로 원하십니다. 그래서 우리 찾아오십니다. 그리고 그의 아들 독생자 예수 그리스도를 우리를 위해서 보내주셨습니다. 
그래서 우리를 대신 십자가에 못 박혀 죽으셨습니다. So this is what we see. The love of God is demonstrated in this one act. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Just think about that. Just meditate on this phrase that He gave His one and only. You know, God owns everything. But nothing is as valuable as His relationship with His one and only Son. If there's one treasure in the heart of God, you know, God does, doesn't have to treasure gold or silver or He doesn't even have to treasure the whole earth or the whole universe. They're important to Him. But they're not His treasury. His treasury is His Son, Jesus Christ. And yet He's willing to give His Son. Give His one and only Son. That's how deep the love of God is. But it's not just the depth of God's love that this scripture is talking about. It's talking about the breadth of God's love. 하나님의 사랑은 깊습니다. 독생자 예수 그리스도를 바칠 만큼의 그 사랑을 우리에게 주십니다. 그렇지만 동시에 그 사랑은 넓어요. 얼마나 넓냐면 온 세상을 위하여 그의 아들을 바치고 He does not wish that anyone would perish. This is clearly stated in verse 16. That whoever would believe in him, whoever. That means the whole world, anybody who choose to believe in him can experience eternal life according to this verse. So what is the way by which God brings salvation? It's through his son. But what is this way called? 하나님의 구원의 방식이 무엇일까요? 간단하게 한마디로 말하자면 은혜입니다. 은혜. 하나님 방식은 은혜로 베푸시는 거예요. That's what God is. God in his relationship with us is one who is able to impart his grace to us. Pour out his gift unto us. Offer things to us. He's in that position because he's greater than any one of us. He's higher than any one of us, so he is able to abundantly grant his grace unto us. So the way of salvation is known as the grace of God. And this is the sovereign way of God. So if it is by grace that we are saved, then we are not worthy of that. Nor can we merit that. We cannot say, oh, I have qualified myself to receive that salvation, to receive that eternal life. Or man, I think I can attain that. If I work at it hard enough, I can attain that. God will be pleased with me. There is no way that we can please God. Only one person who pleases God is His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's His Son, Jesus Christ, God offers to us as the only way for salvation. And this is grace of God. So in the light of this fact, what must we do? We could do only one thing. Open our hands and be at the receiving end of His grace. 하나님의 은혜 하면 우리에게는 오직 한 가지 옵션밖에 안 주어져요. 하나님의 은혜를 우리가 받을 수 있는 입장에 서 있어야 되고 오픈 마인드를 가지고 그 은혜를 수용하는 거예요. 받는 거예요. 영접하는 것입니다. And so, if God's way of salvation is called grace through Jesus Christ, 
then what is our way of receiving that grace? It's simply called faith. Amen? It's very simple, isn't it? On God's hands is grace, and His grace is none other than Jesus Christ that He offers to us. That Jesus Christ dies on the cross for us. Then what is expected of us to receive that grace is called faith. And last time I think I mentioned it over and over, there's nothing to faith actually. Sometimes we, we magnify faith. We energize faith. And we make faith so much more than what it's really all about. But faith is nothing but simply the means or the channel. Okay. Now, we see electrical outlets all along the wall somewhere here. Do we not? Okay. What's important is the power. The electricity is not. And what's important that is that we receive the electrical power and link it to our device so that it works. Is it not? Who really cares about the line, the cable? What do you think? If you were to purchase the cable for price, how does it compare to the power source that is right here at the outlet and the device that we have purchased? How does it compare? It's nothing. It's priceless. I mean, it's really very cheap. Line means nothing. But line means everything. That's what faith is. Faith is nothing but simply the channel by which we receive. All you have to do is just open your heart and say, Lord, come, I receive you. I accept you. That's what faith is. So faith is not something that we do or we bolster. It's not some kind of works or righteous deeds that we perform. It's completely opposite of that. More we surrender all of these things and empty ourselves and say, I, I have nothing to offer. Lord, just pour it out on me and I accept that. That's what faith is. So faith is the most natural way of receiving anything. Faith is like what little children do because they're helpless. They're weak. They're dependent. So they open up. 그래서 어른이 와서 부모가 와서 도와주겠다 그러면 뭘 주겠다 그러면 그대로 받는 거예요. That's what faith is. It's such a simple thing. You know the religious um, elites in the days of Jesus, they thought they were so great, much righteous, more righteous than the others that they saw around them. So they felt like they had some kind of monopoly on faith. And they thought by living their life a certain way, abiding by the laws a certain way, and knowing the scripture in certain ways, they had more faith than others. When God offered His Son Jesus Christ and simply says, believe Him, they could not because they wanted something more. There's got to be more to it than simply believe and accept. But it was those people who did not have the type of pedigree or type of luxury that these great religious rulers had. The common people, the fishermen, the sick, the homeless, the hungry, the needy. It was such an easy thing for them. Because all they had to do is open their hands out to him and say, give it to us. But it was so difficult 
for the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious rulers. Faith is such a simple thing. If you really understand what faith is, then it's the most simple thing that anybody can have this, which is a channel to receive His grace and therefore receive salvation from God. And then in verse 17, the text says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. 하나님이 그 아들을 세상에 보내신 것은 세상을 심판하려 하심이 아니오. 그런 말미야마 세상이 구원을 받게 하려 하십니다. One thing that is very clear in this text and all throughout the Bible is God never intends to condemn anyone. He never intends that some will perish, some will go to hell. That is totally unbiblical teaching. And yet many Christians have a dilemma because many of us, especially of the Reformed tradition, many of us who have been influenced by John Calvin, for example, we believe in predestination. We believe that God is so sovereign mighty that nothing escapes him. That everything is in order as he has predestined. Now how can we reconcile the fact that that if God has preordained everything, then why do people end up going to hell? Why can't God prevent them from going to hell? And some people have come to a conclusion, well, God basically intends to send them to hell. I'm sorry about it, but that's the only way we can solve this problem. God is sovereign. God has predestined everything. Everything operates according to his order and his prescription. Therefore, those who perish, those who are condemned, they perish and they're condemned because God intended for them to. That is wrong teaching, friends. I'm a very strong Calvinist. I, I respect John Calvin very much. I love his doctrine of predestination. I embrace that wholly. But nowhere it says that because God might have intended for some to actually go to hell, don't bother with them. As a matter of fact, John Kevin says, because we don't know what is going to happen, we have no understanding, we must make an effort assuming that all of these people could be candidates for salvation. That's all we have to focus on. So let me give you a little word of advice. It's just a theological differentiation. When we're talking about predestination, we're talking about sovereign will of God. 예정론 할 때는 하나님의 절대 주권을 의미하는 거예요. 절대 주권적인 뜻을 의미하는 거예요. 그렇지만 하나님의 의도, the intention of God 할때 intentional will of God는 He never wants anyone to perish. That is never in His heart, that is never in His mind, that is never in His intent. Because he is good God, he is loving God, he is merciful God. He cannot, be, he cannot be contrary to that. Is that clear? At this point, I'm kind of hoping that somebody will pop a question and I'll answer to that. But we'll do that later. The important thing is just know, everything is under his control, but in terms of his intentionality, he doesn't want anybody 
to end up going to hell. He wants everyone to reach out to Jesus, his son, and believe in his son, Jesus, so that they can receive eternal life. So now let's read the next text and we'll begin to understand what is the basis for our condemnation. Okay? In verse 18 it says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. 그를 믿는 자는 심판을 받지 아니하는 것이요 믿지 아니하는 자는 하나님의 독생자의 이름을 믿지 아니함으로 벌써 심판을 받은 것이니라. 누가 누구를 정죄합니까? 누가 누구를 심판합니까? 누가 누구를 예정합니까? What is the basis for condemnation for judgment, even predestination? According to this text. What this text is clearly differentiating is that of faith which leads to eternal life and unbelief which leads to condemnation. And this text clearly says that unbelief in Jesus Christ is a great offense to God. Person. 물론 우리가 불신할 때, 언빌립할 때 죄와 연결이 되죠. 근데 많은 사람들이 우리가 죄 때문에 지옥 가는 걸로 당연히 생각하는 거예요. But according to this text, according to this text and according to John, we actually go to hell because we reject Jesus Christ. 죄에 대한 결과로 우리가 지옥 간다. 그런 의미가 있어요. 그렇지만 더 중요한 것은 그것을 우리가 피할 수가 있다는 거예요. 구원의 길, 영생의 길을 선택하면 되는데 그걸 피하지 않고 그 우리에게 reaching out 하는 hand brace를 우리가 거절함으로 우리가 멸망의 길에 서 있게 된다는 것입니다. So the condemnation that we experience is because of our rejection of Jesus Christ. Based upon John, why do people go to hell? Because they rejected Jesus Christ. 그렇게 답하면 돼요. Of course, we like to start off by saying, because you're a sinner. And some people are thinking, I'm, I'm not that bad a sinner. It's just for, I, I led a good life, decent life. And because I got some sin in my life, I'm going to end up going to hell. It doesn't quite equate for many people. I know we all deserve, deserve to go to hell because of sin and offense before God. But the greatest offense, I believe, that truly qualifies us to go to hell is if we reject Jesus Christ, who says you don't have to. I'm here to save you from hell. I'm here to deliver you from damnation. But as he's reaching out to us with this gracious and we, you know, brush it aside. We turn our back then what choice is there? So now what we'll see in the next three verses is that either Jesus or John, we don't know whose words these are, whether John is commenting on Jesus' words or Jesus 
This is a, simply a quotation of Jesus because in the original Greek, there's no quotation mark to distinguish this. But whoever it may be, the comment in the next three verses actually describes the psychology behind unbelief. 왜 사람들이 불신을 마음에 품게 되느냐? 거기에 대한 심리적인 그 배경을 설명합니다. And the way the text does this is by creating a contrasting analogy of light and darkness. Okay, let's look at how the light itself brings judgment by exposing darkness. Shall we read the scripture, uh, 19 to 20? This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. 그 정죄는 이것이니 곧 빛이 세상에 왔으되 사람들이 자기 행위가 악함으로 빛보다 어둠을 더 사랑한 것입니다. 악을 행하는 자마다 빛을 미워하여 빛으로 오지 아니하나니 이는 그 행위가 드러날까 하며. It says this is the verdict, or more literally, this is the judgment. This is the way judgment happens. This is the process of judgment. And the first statement after that is, the light has come into the world. 그 light가 누구예요? Who is the light? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, his light is the determining factor for judgment in this case and in verse 21, vindication. It's simply because of Jesus' existence and him coming into this world as the light that brings the judgment and that brings vindication. How does it bring judgment? Let's see. According to this text, the people make deliberate choice to turn away from the light because they prefer the way of darkness. And in the process, they would rather live with fear and condemnation that somehow their actions and their motives will be exposed. So they turn away from the light. Now think about it. If the light source is here and I turn away from the light, guess what I'll be seeing as, as my back is addressing the light? I will see simply the shadow that is cast because of the light. So the shadow signifies darkness. Even when I look at myself and I turn my back on the light or the truth of Christ, then everything that I see about myself will be darkness. And even have a sense of condemnation or guilt. It will always be darkness because I've turned away from the light. And then there's this shadow, long shadow cast. And that's darkness. It's the path of darkness that I walk on. And yet, we continue to insist upon that darkness, walking. Because turning to him means exposure. <sighs> no, I got this. I am scared of that. I am fearful of that. Therefore, I continue to deny that truth and continue to walk in the darkness. And some people, they do it in a major way. 
So as they continue to resist the light and walk along this path, that is the path to their damnation. Path to their damnation. But let's read verse 21. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. 진리를 따르는 자는 빛으로 오나니 이는 그 행위가 하나님 안에서 행한 것임을 나타내려 합니다. 한신이라. On the other hand, there are people who would prefer to face the truth. Now, facing the truth means exposure of their sins, just like those who reject. They don't want to get exposed of their sins. Here, I have to expose of my sins and my weakness and my flaws, my ugliness. But these are the people who are willing to come before the light so that only as I approach the light, I will see my sin more clearly to be able to deal with my sin. My flaws. My baggages. But at the same time, as I continue to approach the light, I deal with my sins and I continue to imitate the light and therefore I become like the light. And my life becomes transformed more into his likeness. And God uses that as a way of testimony unto others. So when I turn to the light, I see my sins for what it is. Now I can finally hand it over to him, surrender them, confess them. But as I continue to walk into the light, I become more and more like the light. I get enlightened by him. I get inspired by him. And his light has a penetrating way of transforming me into the quality of Christ's likeness more and more. So what do you suppose the author John is trying to get at? What do you think Jesus was trying to get at when he's making this contrasting statement about him being the light? And from that perspective, light is shining upon us. I can either turn to him and experience eternal life, experience truth and freedom, or turn away from it, I remain in darkness, and continue to walk the path of damnation. I think what the text is telling us is very clear. It's a choice. And choice is up to us. It's not God who made a choice for us. And says, you're damned, because I'm sovereign, I'm going to make you go to hell. Like some people interpret John Calvin that way. Can you believe it? John Calvin would faint if he knew that some people would use some of his statements to make a statement like that. God is not at fault here at all. He offered Jesus Christ to us. He offered the light to us. And he says, simply based upon the light, what are you going to do? Turn to the light or turn away from the light? Remember the text that we read right before John 316 of how the Israelites were in the wilderness. They were bitten by poisonous snakes. And Moses had to put a brazen serpent figure on a stake. And all these people who were bitten and poisoned and dying had to just turn and see. That's what faith is. Turn and see and receive the salvation that God wants to grant unto them. But they refused to do that. Many of them still refused to do that. 
They were perhaps looking for a way to redeem this situation on their own. Maybe they decided to look good before God by crawling up to it. And in the process, they would die and they would perish. Only those who would, with childlike heart, would turn their eyes and see and say, God, I can't save myself, but you can save me. As God prescribed with that figure of serpent on the stake, which signifies the curse of the cross upon which Jesus died, then we will be saved. It's as simple as that. Now, is this just talking about eternal life or, or salvation, heaven or hell issue? I don't think so. I think it's talking about everyday situations in our lives. We have a choice. I had a choice even when I was out in California this week. In all the relationships that I had, a number of occasions where I had a choice, I could continue to turn my back on the light and say, oh, I don't want to deal with the light. And I want to just turn away from that and I would just continue to walk. But but I continue to walk, insist upon that. But on a number of occasions, I just got a spark, a life flash. All I have to do is make a decision to turn to the light. I turn to the light. And as God would show me, I would approach the people this way or that way. I extend it out to them according to the light. And you know, in the process, I began to realize, wow, the problems that I had with these individuals. Because God's light began to strongly show me, oh, I had, why didn't I solve these issues before? Why did I wait so long? It didn't take much. All I had to do is just obey and follow the path of light. And more, I began to see my flaws. I began to confess before God and repent before God. It washes me away. And then there's new righteousness that comes upon me so that I can be more loving, forgiving, be more merciful, be more unselfish, be more other-oriented. Then I realized it's simply a choice. I had a choice. Every time it was a matter of choice. I insist upon walking this dark path. Just like the people who are going to walk all the way to hell. I was walking that path. I'm a child of God. I am born again. I belong to the kingdom. And yet I'm walking the same way of damnation. What a sad life it would be for us to insist this way. When we are the children of the light. When we have crossed over and given our allegiance to Jesus. And many of us in the churches today, many of us who are born again, many of us who are going to have eternal salvation, but in the present, in our earthly life, we continue to turn our back on the light. I think the Lord is calling us to turn to the light, turn to the cross, turn to Jesus, and I know it's a challenge because more you get to know Jesus, more you look at the cross, more you look at the light shining 
upon you, you will be exposed of your weakness, of flaws, ugliness, and sins, and dirt and grime. You will be. You will realize that you're not as perfect or good as you thought you were. You will realize you're not as a Christian virtuous person as you hoped that you were. That's what I realized. My confession to you is, I realized that, and I realized I had a choice. I made some good choices, but I think I still did not make some choices about some other matters. So that's my next round. Next time I go to California, those are the things that I'm going to pray for. This time, who are the people that I need to reach out to? What are the situations I must deal with? Where is it that I must turn to the light and let light, light be the guidance for me? Instead of my own insistence upon darkness and walking this path which leads to condemnation. It's a choice. We each have to make our choices. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the light, the supreme light, the wonderful and perfect and pure and holy light of your Son, Jesus Christ. And from the perspective of Jesus and Jesus' light shining upon us, we have a choice in the matter. We can turn more and more towards the light and become more Christ-like in our relationship with others, in, in decision-makings, in our dealing with sins and other issues in our lives. Or we can turn away from the light and always have this fear and sense of condemnation. But because of our stubborn insistence upon walking along the path of darkness, we follow the ways of the people who are going to be condemned. Lord, teach us to wake up and cry out for the light. More light and more truth of Christ to shine upon us so that we can quickly deal with the issues in our hearts and our motives and our thoughts and our life and deal with all these baggages that we have. We may lay them all down at the feet of Jesus. And that we'll, we'll continue to turn to the light and see the examples of Jesus. And we will only imitate the ways of Jesus and become more and more transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Help us to know the difference, Lord, and make the right choice in each of these situations that we'll be encountering, even this very week, whether with people, whether with situations, whether about certain issues in life. Father, may we turn to the light and be set free by the light. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.